Hey guys, you are listening to another episode of Brewroots, the podcast that tells you the stories behind your favorite beers. I'm Matt, and unfortunately Emily couldn't be here this week. She kind of had some uh, sad stuff go on in her uh, life, so if you guys want to send her a message, like a DM and all that stuff, cheer her up. That would be awesome. I'm sure she would definitely appreciate that. But nonetheless, we are here. I'm recording remotely in a secret location. We're not going to tell the fans where we are right now, but uh, Brewroots headquarters will be back to you next week. Don't worry. I'm so excited for this week's episode because we're going to just get right into the episode. We're not doing our beer facts. We're not doing our beer, uh, this day in beer history, uh, because it's just not the same without Emily here. So she comes up with that awesome content and I just kind of read it and make it sound cool. I hope. I don't know. Probably not. But uh, this week's episode was highly, highly actually requested. We had, I think, uh... Like 20, 30 people ask us when we we're going to do Newburyport Brewing Company, which is kind of humbling. Uh, Chris, awesome job kind of talking about, hey, when is this episode coming out? Because I had quite a bit of people reach out to us. Uh, we initially were going to release it two weeks ago, but uh, another episode kind of just fit into the schedule a little bit better. But uh, this week's episode, Newburyport Brewing Company out of Newburyport, Mass., obviously. And Chris tells his story. Again, this story is like no other, so enjoy it. And we'll get back to you uh, on the other end of the episode. So enjoy uh, the episode featuring Chris Webb from Newburyport Brewing Company. All right. Welcome to another episode of Brewroots. Allie, where are we today? We are in Newburyport, Massachusetts. It's typically lovely and it's raining out today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. (laughs) It's all right. Uh, And we're here with co-founder Chris Webb of Newburyport Brewing Company. How are you today? I'm wet. You're wet. (laughs) It's a good answer. Which is good if you like beer. Well, you know, you have a nice indoor facility. I see some foosball. I see Mario Kart being played right now. And I see a drum set. So let's talk about the the tap room real quick. Yeah, we usually just have live music Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Well, we used to be open Thursday through Sunday. We always had music because that's part of our story, as I'll tell you. Because you're a musician. We are. I I saw your Instagram. I am. Yep. And... um, so when we opened up on Wednesday, we decided to, and we bought these big TVs. We didn't want TVs in here because we want the English pub, the brewery, yep. but we bought a couple big ones that we can roll in and out, a couple 65 inches. So for the Pats playoffs, for the big game, we like, you got to have it. Mm. Um, and so our, one of our bartenders like loves the Mario Kart. And since we don't have music on Wednesday, he just rolls it out. And this is kind of like, the, these are our locals. This is Norm and Cliff over there. These are all the guys that are here every Wednesday, and they just like to do the video games. But I in don't general, I, I kind of am anti-video game. I want music. And that's I why there's a drum kit there. I don't know if I know a lot of co-founders that can name the, the locals. That's pretty awesome that you can name that. Indeed. Well, I stole those names from the show Cheers, by the way. <laughs> so, so my band, Bill Fisher, my business partner, and I met because uh, my seven-piece funk band, which is called Das Pintos, da, nice. the German word Das, do you know what that word means? Das. Da. And Pintos is the Spanish word for the mm, ponies, ponies or yeah, yeah. beans, pinto beans. Yeah. So Das Pintos is the German-Spanish Newburyport Funk Review. And uh, our one sole purpose is to get people dancing. And um, we were playing uh, an event, and Bill's wife came up to me. She was working the event. It was outdoor in Newburyport. And she came up to me after and was like, oh, you guys are great. You should come over. You know, where do you live? I live over here. Come over for an after party. So we went over for an after party, and she was sitting there talking about how great a trumpet player Bill was. At the time, the funk band only had saxophone. And Bill's like this, I'll introduce you to him. He's this 
very unassuming, shorter guy, just really nice guy, loves fish, like really quiet. He's not saying a freaking word. You can swear, don't worry. Okay. (laughs) His wife's like, oh, Bill's the best trumpet player and you should be in your band. I'm like, cool, come hang out and jam. It's cool. So it turns out Bill's an average trumpet player, okay. but he's a great human being. <laughs> and we became kind of best friends. We rehearse here on Tuesday nights. We play out at like the Grog or Michael's or like big events. We play down at Fenway, but it's a bunch of 40-year-old dads, but we do have a pedigree drummer from the UMass Amherst band Ooh. Buffalo Tom back in the 90s. If you do your homework, you guys are young. Buffalo Tom was signed and has MTV videos and is like a big indie band, still crushes it in Europe. Uh, and the drummer, Tom, lives in Newburyport, and he's our drummer. So we rehearse here on Tuesday nights, and then uh, other bands play here Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Very cool. All right, so Chris, our typical starting question. Tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, your role here at Newburyport, and your first memory of beer. My first memory of beer. Wow. All right, yeah, Chris Webb, co-founder. Um, so I'm kind of like between Bill and me. I call it Bill and Chris's Excellent Adventure. And <laughs> And between the two of us, I'm more like Mr. Outside and he's more Mr. Inside because we had to divide and conquer. And he didn't want to do sales, so he forced me to do it. So my role is more like sales and marketing, being out and sort of selling the dream in addition to, you know, setting strategy and looking at branding and new beers and stuff like that. Bill's job is more like making sure the production is happening and doing and paying the bills. Um, which is important. Which is fucking right. <laughs> Uh, my first memory of beer. I don't know, but I will tell you that my dad loved beer, and he drank, I would say, at least one beer every afternoon, and he would, it was his thing. Mm-hmm. He never, I never saw him drunk, he never was a big drinker, but he loved that beer at 4 o'clock or 5 o'clock, that happy hour beer. And I remember when I got older and I started wanting beer at like 15, looking at the beer he had and talking to people and like he had shitty beer <laughs> like red white and blue yeah it was like yellow fuzzy stuff <laughs> but like the bad stuff like blatz if you remember that beer red white this is dating you red white and blue he liked rolling rock which i thought that was really cool because i love the green bottle and the old latrobe the 33 so my first members of beer my dad having a beer another funny story about my dad is that he would take us out of school so my dad uh, was a professor at UNH, and we had a dentist in Rochester, New Hampshire, but we lived in Durham. And so when we had a dentist appointment, he would make it for like 10 o'clock in the morning. So he'd take me and my brother out of school. We'd drive up to Rochester for our little dentist cleaning, and then we'd go skiing. So he would take us for a half day at Gunstock, because that's just the kind of guy he was. And he would always write a letter, a note to the, to the because uh, <clears throat> he was a PhD. He, and even if we weren't, even if he, just, he sometimes would take us out to play hooky, he would say, Please excuse Chris from school today. He has a doctor's appointment, and it was to go skiing. And then <laughs> he always bought peanut M&Ms, and that was the medicine. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> That's so awesome. then driving home, he would always stop and get a six-pack of beer and drink road sodas and a bag of chips for me and my brother, and he'd crack a beer and drive home just drink a beer on the road. That's awesome. Which is definitely <laughs> not legal. <laughs> but he was a doctor. That's okay. Yeah, he does what he wants. <laughs> yeah, he's a doctor. I mean, uh, back in the 70s and 80s, I think, you know, Road sodas were more common. Yeah, dump it out and go home. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right, so uh, tell us about life before Newburyport. How did you get to this point, and what did you do before? Great question. So I had two careers. I was a <clears throat> Most of my career has been in the leadership development world, so working with businesses. There's a whole field of industrial organizational psychology, which is 
basically helping businesses look at their organizational development, their policies, their leadership development. So I, I worked for two firms doing that, and I can tell you more about that if you're interested. And then in between that, when I turned 30, I said, fuck business. I'm going to go back and get a master's with my dad, who taught in the graduate school in counseling. Got a master's in counseling psych and ended up getting a job as a guidance counselor for a year. Oh, wow. In Londonderry, New Hampshire. So I went from like business to guidance counselor. And then I was, I was, I love kids. and I have a couple of my own. I was so bored as a guidance counselor because I went from like this fun, like fun lunches and being in business to like, okay, Johnny, you got to make better choices. I'm like, this is not for me. <laughs> Plus you can't really make any money. But I thought summer's off. Maybe I'll do a wedding band. And I'm like, fuck that. So, uh. I went back in the business and then I turned 40 and I had a midlife crisis. I didn't want to be the 50 year old asshole driving into Boston from Newburyport. Didn't mind being the 40 year old. So I said, what am I going to do with my life? And one of my consulting clients, one of the books that I read, it's a great book called Good to Great. It's a, a professor from Stanford who's now in Boulder called Jim Collins. I highly recommend this book to anyone. And he basically has a very simple model, which is three concentric circles. Okay. What do you love? What are you passionate about in circle one? What are you good at in circle two? Like what skills do you have? And what's there a market for? How do you get paid? So how do you find the overlap between passion, skills, and money? Mm -hmm. So I literally like wrote it out. What, you know, okay, I love the guitar. I'm not very good. There's no market for passionate average guitar players. <laughs> Unless you want to go hang out like Martin Sexton in the Somerville Tea Station, David <laughs> Square, where I used to live and make 40 bucks a day, but it's hard to have a mortgage in Newburyport on 40 bucks a day. Right. So I like did the I did the the craft beer because yep. I lived in I I in 1992 when I graduated from college my dad this is another good life lesson from my dad, which I recommend you do if you ever have kids. He took I have three older brothers. He took each of us when we graduated from college to Europe for six weeks. Wow, or three weeks. I went three of my buddies, but just a trip to Europe with just my dad, and um, and then I hooked up with my high school buddies. But we ended up. And my first day in Europe, we were in Amsterdam, <coughs> and it was, I mean, I'm 22, right? There are gorgeous women everywhere. It's a sunny day. It's me and my dad. I'm feeling really good about myself. We go into this outdoor beer garden. I mean, it's packed. My dad, he wasn't a beer guy, so he just was like, I'll take a Pilsner. He didn't care. He just say Pils. He knew what to get. I'm looking at the list. I'm like, I'll take that one. And we go and sit down. They brought it to me, and it said, alcohol fray. <laughs> my oh, no. first fucking beer in Europe as a 22-year-old was an alcohol-free beer. Your big trip. You're like, I'm going I was such a loser. <laughs> but then we ended up going to Munich, and we went to the Englischer Beer Gardens, where there's amazing beer. We went to Prague, and the Czech Pilsner. So I had this great beer in Europe. And then I moved to Colorado with my high school buddies, and we did the ski bum thing. I worked at Copper Mountain, skied 100 days, and I was drinking fat tire out there. They just launched. So... That was when I was like, all right. And that's before I, it went distributed they, around the country. I think yeah, it was yeah. their first year was yeah, 1993, and that was mm -hmm. the year I was out there. So before that, the only good beer, like in college, I was drinking Milwaukee's Best and all the stupid shit that we all drink, mm -hmm. Natty Lights. But I always kind of knew, you knew about Anchor Steam, Sierra Nevada, and Sam Adams were the three craft. And Anchor Steam was like the, you know, had that San Francisco cachet. Sierra Nevada was my favorite because I like hops. And then Sam Adams was good, but it was kind of, yeah, yeah, whatever. Mm -hmm. <coughs> Still a little bit like uh, Jim's listening. No. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, Jim. Yeah. 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 Jim cares about me. Trademarked LLC. <laughs> Indeed. So um, <coughs> anyway, to make a long story medium sized, I uh, I really I really realized how much I loved good beer when I was 23 and then moving back to Boston after that. And just always I was always a guy that would show up at the party with good beer I didn't really do a lot of home brewing. I just love good beer. So 
Um, so that was on my list of what do you love? I'm like beer, and I love Newberry Port. Like Newberry Port, this is the only Newberry Port in the world because it used to be Newberry, and then the porters, the city folks, uh, seceded from the, the farmers in 1764. And I can tell you more about that if you're interested. <laughs> and I just love my city. Growing up in Durham, Portsmouth, New Hampshire is your town. And then I lived in Boston, and I came to Newberry Port, and I was like, wow, this town kicks ass. So I'm like, all right, I love Newburyport. I love beer. I'm passionate about that. I think I'm good at kind of the branding, sales, and marketing thing. And at the time, like, is there a market for it? And so 2011, I have a buddy who was a head brewer at Smoney Nose and still is. Worked there since he was right out of college. So I knew I had a connection to a guy. And then I looked at the landscape from Portland to Boston. If you look at the best seaport towns, you have Portland, Portsmouth, New Hampshire, Newburyport, Ipswich, Gloucester, Boston. Everybody had a brewery in 2011. Except for Newburyport. I'm like, maybe there's a business need. There's an opportunity to brand the city. I also knew the guys that started Nantucket Nectars. And I thought, well, that's kind of cool. And Nantucket's obviously got more cachet than Newburyport. But I sort of felt like, well, Newburyport definitely is a brand. And I think we can leverage the kind of outdoor adventure stuff. And you definitely do with the names of your, your beers. You have Joppa. Chapa's Grande, Plum Island Belgian White, Greenhead IPA. The only one we call Newbury Port is our Pale Ale. Everything we do is kind of around that. In fact, the the brand has sort of three things that we try to focus on. Number one, making great beer. That's table stakes now. You got to make really good beer. But we just took the our Plum Island Belgian White took the bronze in the World Beer Cup. World Beer Cup's like the Beer Olympics every other year, so we have the third best Belgian white in the world and the best in America, in theory. Congratulations. Ooh, Thank yeah. you. Our Maritime Lager and Plum Island Belgian White took the bronze in the Best of Craft Beer Awards last month, which is also a big deal. So we're winning awards. We're making great beer, and our position is if you spend money on ingredients and have great recipes, you'll make great beer. But I don't say that as a differentiator because I think there are so many great breweries making great beer. But it's important to us. Number two, brand new Brayport. And that's the whole thing. We were the first brewery to can our entire line in the city and the state. So we bought a canning line, which I'll show you. And it's also like our can and our branding is all about outdoors. Like, bring it with you. We're New Englanders. Like, we're outdoorsmen. Like, if I'm not here, you know, I'm hiking or I'm fishing or I'm playing golf or I'm going to the beach. Like, bring it with you. It's better for the environment. It's cheaper. It's easier to ship. And it's better for the beer. And then number three is the whole music thing, right? So we started with our music pedigree. For the first six months, we put a guitar pick in every six-pack and didn't tell anybody, which was so fun because people got it and like, oh, my God. And they send us pictures or Instagram on Facebook and of, uh, you know, people jamming on Plum Island. And that's the whole band thing. We do, like, five music festivals here where we do reggae fest, a funk and jam out. We, like, you know, corner off the whole parking lot. We'll sponsor some bands like the Big Old Dirty Bucket and Ross Livermore Band, sort of up-and-coming bands in Boston or the North Shore. So I like to think about our business as we're in the business of making people happy. So if you think about it up there, then you can say, okay, well, it makes people happy. Beer, music, swag, cool, you know, yeah. food trucks. We got Metsy's on Thursdays for Thirsty Taco Thursdays. We, we partnered with Diane's Bakery and did a, a Greenhead IPA almond cake. Like, we're always wow. looking to kind of innovate and do fun shit. That's awesome. I, I love that you include everything. I love the way that you put that. We're in the business of making people happy because, you know, Newburyport also makes people happy. So. Yeah, it's <laughs> right. It's cool that you guys encompass community into that. And you I can see community comes almost hand in hand with good beer, music. and well, Look around. This is the, the local artist. Yep. So we, we actually won best live music venue from the Newburyport Daily News. And we only do music from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. So it's pregame. Come have a beer before you go out drinking. Yep. Come listen to music before you go get dinner and go out. 
And because we're on a Spotify list of up and coming bands and uh, we get every month somebody coming from somewhere cool like Austin, Texas or Florida or Philadelphia. Well, Florida's not cool or New York City. <laughs> so literally people like young people like you guys on the self tour that, you know, you're passionate about radio. You're doing this. They're passionate about music. They're self touring and they come here and they play and people, you know, you sh- you'd be amazed at the, the talent we get. And then once a quarter, we try to bring in like a national act or someone that and then we do a ticketed show for like 20 or 25 bucks. We had Willie Porter, who's my favorite acoustic guitar player. Uh, we recently had, um, I'll remember their names later, but you know, people that are sort of half well known. So we try to do that too. Awesome. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I actually had a question about um, how you got into brewing. So you said you didn't do a lot of home brewing. Did you do anything in the beer industry before you like dove into this or was it just kind of head first? So, so the story goes that I went to Bill's house in 2011 after I did my little Venn diagram and figured out, I was like, I'm going to start the Newburyport Brewing Company. Went over to Bill Fisher's house to watch the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, dropped, brought a six pack of tasty beer. And I looked at Bill and I said, I'm going to start the Newburyport Brewing Company. He looks at me, he goes, I'm in. Sweet. I go, I didn't invite you. <laughs> I didn't say, do you want to? Yeah. I said, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. But in the reality, I was happy to have another four-year-old asshole that didn't want to. <laughs> so I had never brewed a drop of beer in my life. That's the God's truth. And Bill had. So he goes, well, dude, because he lived in Belgium for a semester uh, when he was in college. He, he went to Bentley and he did it. So he was really into beer, too. And he had been a home brewer. So I said, well, let's do it. So we put we, we spent like five grand on like high end small batch German brewing equipment, which is probably way too much money to spend. But we were like, let's get the best equipment. <laughs> and he taught me how to brew and we made some pretty good beer. It wasn't great. We ended up finding a brewmaster. And I can tell you that story because we realized that even in 2011, 2012, when we were getting serious about this, there was twenty five hundred brewers in the country. Now there's six thousand. We knew that you still got to have great beer. And I remember we made our first pale ale, and and Bill and I were drinking it, and I was like, yeah, this is pretty good. He's like, yeah, it's pretty good. I go, it's not quite right. And he's, he, do you agree? He's like, yeah, it's not quite right. I said, what do you think we need to do to get it right? He goes, well, I think we need to do this. I'm like, you think? I'm like, you need to fucking know. Yeah. Because we're, you know, it takes 30 days to get beer going, so that's a month for your product. And we were in the process of trying to raise a million bucks to build this facility. And right. we, we put in, we mortgaged our houses, we maxed out our credit cards. Like, this is the American dream in terms of, Two successful business guys who go, we're going to quit our day jobs, mm-hmm. max out the credit cards, mortgage the house, raise money. And I'm like, we have to have great beer and we have to have it now. So we ended up finding a, a brewmaster. And in the meantime, I've become a much more of a beer expert. Bill you know, knows more than me. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we know early on that, you know, you got to have someone that's got knows what the fuck they're doing. And you don't just become a great brewer overnight. Right. Of course. Wow. That's cool. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so, you and Bill got together. Can yep. you tell us about the process leading up to day one, where you when you guys opened up? What was that? What was that like? What was that? What is that experience? It like was fun and stressful. We didn't really have a lot of money. We were trying to. My friend knew a lawyer, so we're like, "How do we even incorporate a business? Like, it's it's a pretty decent sized facility. You'll see." For a, for a startup, right? You know, you look at, you know, like when Riverwalk started, he started that small, really tiny little yep. thing. Now he's moved yep. into yep. the big one. He's Ainsbury. He contract brewed, small, big. Like we kind of went big to start. Yes. So we were like, we got to get money. And so we met with a, a, a friend of mine who knew a guy who was a lawyer to help us figure out how do you even do that? 
how do you incorporate how do you do it so we figure that out and you basically just you put a list of all the people you know and you go and you ask them if they're interested and you raise a million bucks it sounds like a lot of money it is a lot of money but in reality you only need 33 people to give you $33,332.33 <laughs> and it turns out people with money like no other people with money and I have a pretty good network I've been around a long time and I grew up close to here and I'm a you know personal guy and and Bill had a decent network and there's the whole power of three so I'll tell you this story because it's it's interesting but you know LinkedIn the guy that founded LinkedIn wrote a book and he talks about your network excuse me we're drinking beer so he can burp <laughs> and the, the, the story goes that each of us has about 150 to 200 people we can count on uh, like your Facebook friends that you you know most people have around 150 to 200 uh, army troops are around 150 it's a very typical manageable number okay so I'm guessing each of you could get 150 people to do something for you a favor five bucks here an introduction then there's the power of three which is to say um Can you get those three people to do that no it's you? that each of us it's no that's not it it's the power of three is so if my brother came to me well you and i know each other now right i didn't know you before but now we know each other so if you came to me and said uh can you know? Can you introduce me to? I saw that you're friends with Joe. Can you introduce me to Joe? I'd be like, yeah, I met Matt. He's a cool guy. He he's got a podcast. I'd meet you to Joe. But if you came to me, especially because we just met, and said, hey, my friend Mark wants to meet Joe, I'm like, no, I don't know who the fuck Mark is. I just met you. The power of three is that you can ask me to connect you to one other person. So if it's 150 people times the power of three, that's the size of your network. Mm -hmm. How many people are in your network? Nine thousand. Oh I wasn't prepared to do any math. Today. <laughs> 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 and I'm an engineer. They so didn't say there was any test here. <laughs> Why don't you tell us? Sixty thousand. Sixty thousand. That's Six what I thought. <laughs> no, I was gonna say sixty thousand. If it's two hundred, it's eighty thousand. So your network is fucking huge because yeah. everyone's got a third. Who's got a third? Who's got a third? So I just met you, but if you introduced me to your friend, he's got three people. Who has three people? Who have three people? You could work your way through it. Anyway, that's one of the. That's kind of how we raised our money, which was just to continue to uh, network through that. I thought that was a cool thing to add to this podcast. Oh, yeah. I appreciate that. For anyone that cares. No, I, I definitely appreciate you sharing all these <laughs> cool things because you're definitely well-read. Yes, yes. <laughs> um, you've, I think you've mentioned... You mean old? <laughs> no, no. I mean, you got a, a master's in, in psychology, you said. Yes. Or like counseling? Counseling psych, yeah. Okay. And then you got your marketing experience, right. too, so I feel like you got a lot of... To I got a lot of bullshit. Here. I got a lot to say. <laughs> but to finish your question, so what were we doing? We were raising money. We were finding a brewmaster. Uh, we were finding a building. We were finding, which is here, we were finding uh, tanks. And that was a kind of a cool story how we got our tanks. We were building, and then we were building it out. Once we got our money, we got a bank loan, talking to banks. So I kept my day job, and I was hustling. Bill ended up quitting his day job in July of 2012. So he had sort of six months of him doing that full time and I was doing it nights and weekends and we were spending money that we didn't really have because we also were finding a website guy mm -hmm. who was also helping us with our branding and art direction in terms of our logo, right? So all the aspects of starting up a, a manufacturing business. And here's the funny part, or not so funny. Beer, I, I, someone said this to me once, I thought it was great. I make beer, not money. It's a really expensive product to make. And with the three-tier system where you're sending it to a distributor who's selling it to retail, you just don't make a lot of money. I sell a keg, I sell a keg of beer distributor for 115 bucks. 
They sell it down the street for 165 bucks. They make 50 bucks for picking it up and dropping it off. Whereas I maybe make 60 or 70, you know, I maybe make 20 or 30 on $115. Then the retail sells it at six bucks a pint, 120 pints. They make $720 in a keg that I sold for 120. So it's just a really hard. So I said to Bill, <clears throat> and manufacturing's hard. I'd never done this. I said to Bill the other day, I said, if, when I walked in to see you, when, when we watched the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, if I had said, hey, Bill, instead of saying, hey, I'm starting the New Bayport Brewing Game, I said, I'm starting a manufacturing plant of a perishable, low-margin product <laughs> in a highly competitive environment. Are you in? Highly growing competitive market. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Perishable. I mean, beer only lasts like four months. I'm like, he would have been like, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But once you hear beer, it's like, oh, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And everyone, yeah. all my friends yeah, are like, oh, yeah, you're out beers. And I'm in, I'm in. <laughs> They're like, oh, Chris, you're living the dream. You own a brewery. This is so great. I'm like, there are moments when it's awesome. Like, yeah. this is fun for me. And having our reggae fest or being out at a, you know, seeing our beer on tap. Like, there's a lot of wonderful things. It's fucking hard. It's a grind every day at retail, and it's harder and harder to go. I just was at Trina's in Amesbury sampling them and the Paddle Inn because they just opened and they hadn't had our beers yet. So here's our Yankee Blue and our Tallboy, and, you know, you're always out it's there. A hustle. It's just a dogfight, yeah. you know. Has the name Newburyport Brewing Co. always been the name, or did you guys have? I always wanted it that, and Bill didn't fight me. And it was really, really, I will give the Nantucket Connectors guys I just felt like Newburyport's a brand. I thought it was cool. Uh, other people uh, over the years have been like, well, I mean, you named it after your town. That's not that original. And, you know, there are definitely cooler names. Like, I, I kind of mentored the guys from Stoneface. They came to us. They went to an H. I went to an H. They asked me if I'd teach them how to do it. I taught them how to do it. Now they're fucking doing it better than I did, those bastards. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Stoneface is a cool name. Like, like uh, you know, Night Shift. Those guys are crushing it, right? And I know those guys. That's a cool name. So in hindsight, what I, I don't named think it something I'm else. I think I no, think I know, no. a cool name. It's a cool name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We did it on purpose, and it was because we loved our city and we wanted to brand the city. And you know, but if I was to do it again, would I call you? Yeah, probably, but I could. I can see the benefits to both sides. Sure. But yeah. we deliberately didn't call all of our beers Newburyport, so it wasn't like the Newburyport Ale, the Newburyport IPA, because that's boring. So Plum Island, Greenhead, Joppa, make yeah. it you know melt away, make it interesting. Definitely. So what do you have coming up in the future? You talked all about your past and up to where you are now. So where do you see you guys going in the next five years? It's <sighs> a good question. So the future of the business in my mind is a couple things. One, tasting rooms. We are going to move out of here. It's a little known secret. This is a good spot. It's been fine. But I want a purposely built building. I want, I want my own building built for us. That's like a desk. I want to build the. This is a. This is the first uh, official public announcement. This is. This is like. Breaking you, news. You guys are. You here this on is Bruce. news, right? <laughs> I want to build the most fun, or one of the most fun destination breweries in New England. Because we're in the best city. We're Honestly, in the best city. I grew up in Raleigh. I know. I used to come to Newburyport. <laughs> I still come to Newburyport to this day. That's it. So I can't say where we're going to do it, but I want to do it um, in the industrial park. And we're looking at a big, big, big lot that's like an old farm. I'll give you that hint. Seven plus acres. So Are be there, able to uh, sunflowers there? No, <laughs> I, I wish. I wish. 
but I want to have like I want to have a outdoor bocce court, outdoor oh, wow. ping pong, indoor shuffleboard, maybe indoor bocce, like frisbees. What about a softball field and have keg softball Thursdays? Oh, I love uh, that. I mean, we could have some fun, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And have the music, have more music, have maybe a function hall, and be able to do like weddings, weddings and birthday yeah. parties, and just a place like I've heard. I've never been to Cisco in Nantucket, but I've heard it's awesome. Like, I want a place like that. When people come to Newburyport, they go to Plum Island. Where are we going? We're going to Newburyport Brewing Company. And we'll sling some pizzas and we'll sling some burgers and kind of really high-end pub food so people can eat and hang out and uh, have a really cool destination brewery. So that's that's where we're going from that perspective. The other thing is, you know, keep the distribution footprint going. Yeah. I'm going up to New York next week. I've met a couple uh, distributors that really want our beer in New York. We might launch the Jersey Shore. Maybe I'll get Snooky to be our uh, spokesperson. Oh, man. <laughs> right? Or the situation. You guys want to see my abs? You don't Ooh. get this through... Uh, I plank. That's that's. Chris is very fit. I'm, <laughs> yes. I'm I, sh- round as a shape. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and then the third thing uh, is uh, new beers. So we've always been kind of we haven't been great at doing new beers because we could never keep up. So I invested in a partner brewery down in Rhode Island. I'm a part owner of a brewery in Pawtucket, and they do overflow for us for the bigger states when we're doing big stuff, and that's freed us up to do. Yankee Blue and Tallboy and Joppa, and we're about to fit up a one barrel. So every week, I want to have a new beer because people want a reason to come to the brewery, not just to play cornhole or bocce, but to, hey, what's that new fun, funky right. thing? Definitely, yeah. Barrel yeah. aged stuff, sours, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. So, what's the beer you'd say New Report's most known for? Greenhead. Greenhead. Greenhead's like forty-five percent of our business. Yeah, the, the beer that bites you back. It's IPA. It's big. Yeah, and then Plum Island is number two. So you, we know it's in the future. Let's find out a little bit more about you. So what's what what's in your fridge at home? I like, uh, I've always been Hophead guy. Like I Sierra Nevada was my jam back when there was only the big three of Sierra Anchor and, and Sam. Um, uh, you know, I don't love Hedy Toppa, even though Hedy Toppa is the best beer north of Boston. Oh, Hedy Toppa <laughs> this and Hedy Toppa that. Um, I like the juicy IPA stuff, okay. like the Trillium. I have some Trillium in my and the Treehouse stuff. I think is excellent. Um, I'm a big fan of their stuff. Um, what else? I like a good. I do like a good lager, and our maritime lager is a new uh, beer for us. And I sometimes I like after I mow my lawn, yeah. I just want to crush some notch notch now session pills. I'm a big notch yeah. guy. I like Chris Lowering, he makes great fucking beer. The maritime tall boys. Yeah, that's the first for you guys because you didn't t- traditionally do tall boys. No, our, we, our big, f- our big four, as it were, pale ale, uh, greenhead, plum, and meltaway were twelve ounce cans. The tall boy maritime is in a six pack, yep. so it's not a four pack, which is awesome. I'm not. By no, the I'm sorry. The maritime maritime is a six pack. Yeah, which yep. is awesome because yep. it's lager. You don't yep. you don't spend ten dollars for four beers if it's lager, right. even if it's the best lager you've ever had. <laughs> um, and then we did with tall boy and Joppa and Yankee Blue. We're doing 16-ounce four-packs. So, yeah, we didn't get into the 16-ounce game early because, again, we weren't into innovation. We were into keeping up, and I think that was okay, but I think it's a little bit to our detriment because everyone else is kind of cranking out all these new beers, doing all these tall boys, doing all these fun styles, and we're kind of like, okay, shit, we got to do that. So we were lucky to finally get an overflow brewery because we've we've never – our first year we did 5,000 barrels. We were one of the top 10 fastest growing out of the gate in the history of beer. We're up to about 15,000 barrels. So we're top 250 in the country. We're top 10 in mass. Um, we got our beer on Delta Airlines. Like we've had a lot of good success, and I'm super proud of that. But th- it's been like running, running, running to catch up. And now we're finally, okay, we've caught up. Now it's time. It's like, let's innovate. Let's have some fun. Let's build a new brewery. Let's have different beers coming in. Let's, let's, 
you know, let's move on from our big, big four, big five, as it were. Excellent. Do you need another beer, by the way, or are you? No, I'm all right. Oh. I am all right. Thank you. This was delicious. Um, do you have a guilty pleasure beer? You mentioned the, you know, the yellow fuzzy stuff that uh, your dad might have drank. Do you right. have a guilty pleasure beer? Say more about what you mean by guilty pleasure. Just like an easy, so like in the craft, you know, you you brew craft beer, so it's yeah. easy to like get caught up in like craft beer. But yeah. is there anything that you can just go home and be like, like a Coors Light and be like, oh. Or, for example, you could eat a filet mignon every day, but sometimes you just want a peanut butter and jelly beer. I mean, peanut butter and jelly <laughs> sandwich. <laughs> sometimes I want Wendy's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> sometimes you want Wendy's, right? Yeah, yeah. Chocolate Frosty. Um, I don't really... So, but I'll think about it. I will tell you that my favorite of the three is Miller Lite of the three domestics, although I haven't bought it in years. I heard recently, I, I somebody sent something. I try to stay in touch with like the trends and, you know, I, I do, you know, do the research and stuff. And somebody said that, and I haven't had one in years, but, well, that's not true. Um, PBR is actually a pretty damn good beer. I always thought, oh, it's PBR. It's not good because it's low end. And I saw this thing on like one of the brew bound or something that it won like one of the best domestic. And then I went to the grog and yeah, I had pla- one. Paps Blue Ribbon. It's, it's good. A blue ribbon yeah. It's good. <laughs> it's actually good. I know it's like a hipster beer. I'm no, not a young good. hipster. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. actually a pretty damn good lager. Yeah. So I P- PBR. And it's relatively cheap yeah. too. Yeah. So what, that's always a cheap plus. is good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd say I don't know if we've ever discussed. I'd say like Narragansett for me is like the cheap beer Gansett. that I would drink. Mm-hmm. That's your that's your guilty. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think we've ever discussed what our guilty pleasure is. Yeah. And you guys are best friends. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, no, on, on air. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> on air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so tell me more about you guys. No. <laughs> yes. We're interviewing you Actually, you know now. <laughs> what? That happened in an interview. It was a little weird. <laughs> they, oh, right, what happened? They turned it around on yeah, you? Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we were like, we're here for you guys. Why do you think <laughs> they were turning around? They were uncomfortable or they were trying to be funny? I think they were like four beers deep and they were like, we're going to do this to yeah. you guys. Okay. <laughs> they're, they're fucking yeah, with yeah, you. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, cool. So where can we find you guys on social media for all our listeners? How many listeners do you have? Millions. millions <laughs> obviously, yeah. At least the three of us. Yeah, obviously. at least the three of us. Uh, is this live right now? No, this is not live. Okay. Yes. So you can you can like beep out all the swears. We won't. Oh no, they'll be kept. Oh, they'll be don't kept. worry. Yeah, what about the thing about my wife? Can you bag that? No. No, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> We're actually gonna repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, so so NBPT Brewing instead of Newburyport Brewing NBPT, which is the the uh, what's the word the shortness of it so it's it's nbpt brewing for insta and facebook and twitter and the website that's the social and we're getting better at the social stuff our tap manager d who you met and yep. we're and i'm sorry it took so long for this this should not no, have taken no, no. so long you know what okay. we sometimes i was telling d uh, we sometimes forget that there's usually four to one person running a brewery <laughs> you know you know right. so and you're wearing many hats so and yeah, i want and know. i thought about like why well, I, I wanted to bring bill and then i'm like so i've got two people that are busy schedule yep. and even to this day i'm like bill you're gonna do this like, i just can't right yeah now. Mm-hmm. and i was like fuck you i'll do it yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, you know, he was funny i was getting you guys a beer or whatever and he opened the door and he started doing this i'm like well, what is this trumpet yep and i went and he goes D- don't forget to tell him i'm an awesome trumpet player oh. <laughs> And if you look at our website, it even says that. I, I always say average. Our website, it's like fantastic trumpet player. Turns out he is. Yeah, he's like the, I heard he's the Miles Davis of Newburyport. He is. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. the Miles. And I'm the James Brown of Newburyport. That's good. Yeah. That's good. Because, uh, you know, the funk music. I love it. I love That's it. That's self, <laughs> self-appointed. Uh, cool. Uh, where's the taproom located and uh, hours of operation? So we're for New Pasture Road, which is uh, just off of Graff Road, Scotland Road. As you're cruising uh, off exit 56, you're cruising down, about to get to the rink. It's on the left. There's a little wooden sign. So for New Pasture Road, we're open Wednesday 
Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. We're about to change our hours. Um, right now we're open at 3, but starting May 1st we'll open at noon. So noon to 10, Wednesday through Saturday, noon to 8 on Sunday. And we have live music at 5, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So 5 to 8, it's pregame. We don't really do food. We do food trucks, Metsy's on Thursdays. You can BYOF. BYOF. Bring your own friend. Bring your own fuck. I mean food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have that room, right? And we do have, yep. Yeah, and we have pretzels and chips and stuff. We have non-alcoholic sodas and stuff. But um, And it's a family-friendly. Super yeah. family-friendly, dog-friendly. Yeah. We have a little outdoor seating area. The, the sunset is gorgeous. We're on a dead-end street. Um, you can come and be loud. Cool. So I think we always close our podcast with this question. Um, what are you guys most proud of? Or what are you most proud of? With it doesn't have to be Newburyport. It can be anything in life. Oh, not not related to the brewery. It can be whatever can you be like. You yeah. Well, I mean, my kids. I mean, I have three beautiful daughters. So, like, if you you guys have any, you're not married. You're too no. young for that. You'll get there. So, I thought I knew what love was, and then I had a kid, and then I had a daughter. It literally redefines what love is. It's like trying to explain sex to a virgin. <laughs> it's like seriously, you know, it's fucking unbelievable. Like, I can talk about it, but you can't explain it until you have, until you experience it. Same with kids. So, my story about that is that. Like, I'm really close to my family. I love my three brothers, my parents, you know, my wife's great. Like, but would I die for them? I don't know. They've lived their own lives. <laughs> <laughs> but I would die for my fucking children. So, mm-hmm. like, li- it's just a, so. If I, think you're, a I think you're off the couch now. I think your wife will hear that. She's going to hear <laughs> yeah. that. I'll die yeah, for yeah. you, honey. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are, because you're the mother of my child. Yes, yes. Yeah. So, but literally, it's, it's, it, changed, it changed me in that way. It, it, it's one of those visceral things that I cannot explain. You yeah. just have to kind of have it happen. Um, so I'm most proud of that. And then as far as the brewery goes, um, I mean, the cliche is the people, it, which, it, which, I, which is true. And I think, like, we have a great team and staff. But I also love I, – I, I've got it. I've, it's, our, it's our locals. Like, like, we've got – these guys did not know each other before. This guy, Mike, is 24. Kevin is, you know, 60. And they all hang out together. We've got millennials and baby boomers and Gen Xers that like go and they come here, they met here, they go out and they um, <coughs> they okay. go out, they go hang and they like D, our bar manager is like 28. She had a birthday party and she's hanging out with all of the locals from here. And I met uh, Shane Taylor, who was the first artist through our bartender. And now we're doing a local artist every month. And so this is like the place to come for local music and local art. And it's like. There's no pretension here, right? It's all ages. It's all sexes. It's dogs. It's community tables. If you notice the green head on the edge of the table that my friend did. Oh, yeah, yeah. That fabricated cool. that. Like, this is just a place to come and hang out. It's like, an, it's like an English pub or an Irish pub. And I'll leave you with one funny story. I was in Ireland with my dad. This is after our trip to Europe. We went to Ireland, and we were having Guinness, and we, you know, it was just a great day in uh, the town of Dingle, and we... We four Guinnesses deep. We busted into this Irish pub, and every and we were just like the loud Americans, like ah, <laughs> and everybody was standing, and it was like lots of old people. It was the whole town, and they were there for the night as they do. Everyone in the town goes out in the Irish pubs, and they were singing the Irish national anthem, wow. <laughs> like having a moment. And <laughs> here we are, the ugly Americans. Yeah. It's like it brought it back to college. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like oh, must be Americans, yes, yes. loud and not singing along. So that's what we want here. We want fun people that will come and sing along and join in and feel comfortable and 
just be a part of our brewery family. Excellent. I love that. I do too. Well, thanks, Chris, for talking to us today. We appreciate it. All right, guys. It. Thank you. Yeah, it's excellent. Been awesome. We look forward to talking with you in the future. Anytime. Maybe at the new location. Yeah. <laughs> Breaking news Breaking when we move news, in, our yeah. first th- day. I yeah. love it. Excellent. So you guys <laughs> just deal. heard an interview with Chris Webb of Newburyport Brewing Company. Uh, thank you so much. We appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Cheers. All right, cheers. Cheers. All right, cheers, Chris Webb in Newburyport Brewing Company for two years of existence. That's incredible. I'm so excited for the uh, the new space, and I can't believe they even announced that they're looking for a new space on our podcast. Uh, so thank you so much for that opportunity to kind of launch that news into the podcast world, into the brewing world. So uh, Newburyport was nice enough to give us some upcoming events that are happening. So this today, actually, uh, six eight from six to nine. Liz Frame and the Kickers CD release party is going to be occurring. Next week, Carrie's Culinary Creation Truck is here, 6.15. Uh, that is 5 to 8 p.m. On 6.16, the first annual Cornhole Tournament is occurring from 12 to 4 p.m. And in 6.16, Tropodelic with Free Road Ticketed Show. Um, and then on Father's Day, they'll have Fowl Sausages from 12 to 4. I'm really excited for fowl sausages. I don't know if you've ever had them, but holy shiitake mushrooms. They are amazing. All right. So um, if you guys want to follow us or you're listening for the first time, thank you so much. Follow us on all social media um, areas at Brewroots. You can find us. And obviously, if you want to send us some feedback, info at Brewroots.com. Next week's episode is going to feature sour beers. Um, And that's something that's pretty cool in the industry right now. And so many places are trying to do it. And we're going to talk to somebody who's perfected it, I think. Um, And I'm not going to give you much information before the episode. But stay tuned. It's going to be a really exciting episode. And I appreciate you for listening so much this week. We'll catch you next week. Cheers.